positive way. And like I said, I'm very blessed to have them and see them really support BHD is just amazing. But to dive in deeper in this episode, I grew up, I, I love sports, guys. Um, sports was something that I really was invested in for a long time. I always thought that something would come about to where I would go into a career. I would go into something that had to do with a ball. Um, my dad raised me at a young age with baseball, basketball, football, hockey pucks, anything that you could think of that was athletic. I was in my mom played volleyball, softball. Um, my dad was a baseball, football, um, basketball, just everything, everything and anything at the time. So just being able to sit here and look back at how I became to be such a sports fanatic, it's, it's the apple doesn't fall far, far from the tree, as they say. So uh, I grew up, um, got my degree, uh, my diploma, my high school diploma. I got at Oneonta High School. I graduated in 2015. Went to Luna Community College and received my associate's degree in 2018. And then in 2020, I received my bachelor's degree at NMSU. So I'm very blessed to have those three certificates. Um, being able to have under myself, um, I don't really look back on them too, at them too much. Just um, which is something that I'll get down, um, get into down the road, but. Again, huge sports enthusiast. My dad played his college ball at NMSU, so he was a baseball player. He played second base and shortstop. <clears throat> and that's a really significant part of my story and where um, I come from and what certain events led up to where I'm at today. So, again, Dad, I'm very blessed to have you have that experience and be able to teach me the way you taught me um, down the road when it came to baseball and any sort of any sort of sport that came into my life. Um Again, I think my childhood was really based off of what I liked. What was my dad trying to get me into that he thought I would be good at? He thought that I would enjoy. And honestly, parents will do that a little differently than others. But with us, it was always having to do with something that had a ball in it. So growing up, I just enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed every bit of ESPN, Sports Center. It was around the times where just watching sports. I even had a book that I was reading that I knew all the baseball players in. So being able to have that experience with my dad was something that I cherish till this day. And you don't realize stuff like that until you get to a certain age. And that's just life. You know, you just got to move along with it. And I'm very grateful to have that. Um, but kind of to, to go down the road a little bit further, uh, I didn't realize I was good at sports. Like I was actually really good at sports until middle school. Middle school was uh, an age where I really saw a, a very huge difference in how I looked compared to how my friends looked. And what do I mean by that? I was very small. I was skinny. I didn't really mature until high school, late high school too, with that being said. And I had friends that, man, they were probably lifting weights sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Uh, I wasn't really into lifting weights. I wasn't very strong. I was skinny. I was frail. I can move though. That was the biggest thing. I really understood what competition was like and I didn't like losing. T-ball, I would get out and I would go and I'd cry. I'd throw a little tantrum and my dad had to work that out of me. But, um, you know, to that point, football and basketball was the, the club sports that I played in middle school. So we had a basketball team, we had a football team and I was, I was decent at them. I wasn't like the best player on the team, but I was decent. I was a running back in sixth grade, ended up going into be a receiver and then a quarterback in seventh grade. And then eighth grade, I was a quarterback for our eighth grade team, which is obviously a big deal because that's right before fo that's right before high school. And eighth grade football was such a big deal in middle school. Like you wanted to be 
the guy. And that was me. I really wanted to be the guy. We had about a, I think we had a 5'10", 5'11", running back by the name of Cody. And, you know, to look down, I was the captain of that team. Being 5'6", five, 5'7", five, at the time, barely weighing anything, I was the captain of that team. And everyone was bigger than me. Anytime we'd go play at another middle school, anytime a middle school come and play to us, I was always the smallest kid. But I knew how to win. I had a mindset of always wanting to win and doing anything I could to make sure that I could prove someone wrong. My coach, on the other hand, he really pushed me to be the best I could be. Would I say he disrespected me? No. I just think there were some comments that were taken a little too far that I wasn't ready for at that age. Um, that's when I really understood what it was like to get compared to someone, and it wasn't a good feeling. Uh, I think that's uh, at that time I was using it as fuel. I was using it as I'm going to prove you wrong. I am. I am better. I am better. I'd get comments like, oh, you're never going to be like your dad. Oh, you're never going to live up to your dad expectations. You know, how do you expect to be like your dad? How, just negative comments like that, which at that time I was so confident and I was so strong minded and strong willed that I knew that I could take that and turn it into something else. And we'll talk about a little bit later how that's not really necessarily good for certain situations. So just being able to move forward from that. And again, we got our team to the city championship. Um, unfortunately, we lost to a really good Camino team that is a feeder school to the high school that I went to. Lynn was a feeder school to Cruces High, which is a school that I didn't go to. So stepping into the high school realm, I went to school to play with my dad. My dad was a baseball coach, head coach of the varsity team, and he was coaching football a little bit at Vista before I even got to middle school. But the whole point of it was, all my friends at Lynn went to Cruces High. It was a five-minute walk. Um, really made a lot of good connections and a lot of good friendships with them. I went to school with majority of them from second grade to eighth grade. So that just alone, that much time together, I really got to know the people I was playing with. I really got to understand what kind of friendships I had and how grateful I was. I was very few out of my friends that had two parents in my life. You know, the other friends that I had, they had maybe one parent um, another parent or taking care or they are taken care of by their uncle. It was really eye opening for me to see like I was blessed to do something great. I knew I came from a family that I could have the support and the will to do something great. So at that point in my life, I, I knew two things. I knew one, I was born to do something that had to do with the sport. And two, I came from a family that was going to support me in that sport. So again, moving to high school, I was already going in with a, you know, what, I'm going to be good at something. Whatever that is, I'm going to put my all into it, and I'm going to move forward with it. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go play college ball somewhere. Freshman year, I was so into Texas. My whole room was University of Texas in Austin, and I had a goal. I had a dream to go play baseball at the University of Texas. So moving into high school, and the only reason that I'm looking at my phone, guys, is because there's so much stuff that I want to touch on before this 30 minutes ends. So just bear with me on this. Um, freshman year of high school was very – different for me. I didn't really have a lot of friends. I came, like I said, from a middle school that didn't have many people go Lynn Tornyate, which is about a 15 minute drive. <coughs> so freshman year football, I was okay. I was like a backup quarterback. I needed to really prove myself because again, people were mature. All the players there were already lifting. They already had a sense of, you know, agility. They're quicker than me. And all I really had was an arm strength and no one really knew that because I didn't really get my chance. Um, baseball on the flip side, I made the freshman team. I wasn't going to get cut. You know, I was good enough to play baseball. I always thought baseball was my strong suit. And it was it was a decent season. You know, I wanted to make varsity. I had it in my head like, no, I'm going to make varsity four years. That was always a goal. Play varsity four years at the high school level. Play with my dad. And that's what I wanted to do. 
unfortunately, you know, I was underdeveloped. I was weak. I needed to get stronger in certain positions. Um, I ended up closer to the middle end of the year, floating up with varsity for like the playoffs and state round. And then football, something just turned around. One of our, our starting quarterback, actually, he ended up getting into some trouble. So I stepped in for him and I did well. I did very well. And I ended up taking over that quarterback position. And that time was just to talk about a little bit. I never saw football as a big thing that I wanted to do. I just saw like I liked wearing the equipment. I liked wearing the helmet. I liked how flashy it was. So I was like, you know what? This is only going to get me stronger for baseball. I'll lift. I'll go do everything I have to do. But at the end of the day, if we lose, I really don't care. I really just want to play baseball. I want to do something that's going to make me great for baseball. So seeing how that transpired is pretty interesting when we get later down the story. But going into my sophomore year, my sophomore year was really a turning point for me. And what do I mean by that? I mean that I created a path for myself that I never thought I would have created at that time. So looking at it right here, you know, I was having so many issues with my body type, so many issues with being a little slow, moving left to right, whatever. Like my speed was always something that I needed to pick up in football, especially baseball was a little different. So I'm just going to go into the game. So the Alamo game, this, this game was huge for me. So I'm a sophomore again, didn't make the varsity team yet. I ended up floating end of the year. But I was a little hurt, you know, I was a little hurt that I didn't make it and it was no one's fault but, but but myself, you know, I always came in from football very late. So I never really had a fall season to pick up where all the guys that played baseball only had left off. So I was already like right here. I was always right here. All the guys were up here and I had maybe a couple months to really show what I could do to see what team I would make. So we go into our JV game and at that game, I was going to think throw my innings for pitching and go to the varsity game and finish out the game there. And really there, I was just a courtesy runner, learning the game, understanding if someone went down, I'd go in, play outfield, shortstop. At that time, I was mostly an infielder, but I was playing varsity as an outfielder. So went in, and we had already been killing these guys, probably like 15-0 to zero at the Alamo game. And I decided to go out there, and I was like, you know what, dude, this is a third or fourth inning. I'm just going to try something different. So I'm throwing in like a high arm slot so any two-way guys throwing from like over the top or like three quarters and I wasn't throwing very hard at that time so what did I do I dropped down to like a sidearm angle and man it was crazy like the command I had on that ball seeing how much that ball moved and what I could do with it in a short amount of time was phenomenal I really surprised myself and I was like man this is pretty this is pretty cool I was making dudes look crazy I was making guys look so stupid and they're talking shit in the dugout. Like, what's this guy doing? Like, he doesn't even know what he's doing, but it was kind of cool. Like I threw from an angle that not many players threw from at that time. So I was like, you know what? Let's go through with it. So I pushed my dad and I'm like, dad, I really think I found something. He's like, well, what is it? And I was like, I was throwing from here. I was like, ask, ask my coaches. Like I was throwing from here and they asked the coaches. Like, yeah, dude, it was weird. Like he was controlling it, but you know, it was working and threw him off and I was throwing decent. I wasn't throwing hard, but it was, Harding, it was firm enough to where I was getting guys out. And that's all you need as a pitcher in high school. You just want to get guys out. So I talk over to my pitching coach, Coach Garcia. Coach Garcia, shout out to you, man, for listening to all my podcasts. You know, I really appreciate it. But I was looking out to Coach Garcia, and I told him, I was like, hey, Coach, I want to throw like this. I really think I can be effective by throwing like this. And he he comes and tells me, and he says, look, I'll let you throw like that if you can go through this bullpen and throw 70% strikes. 70% 70% strikes, and we'll see what we can do with this. I was like, uh, all right, I guess. Like, what the heck? Why don't you just say yes? You know, shout out to Coach Garcia at that time. Honestly, I, 
I truly believe that our pitching coach, our not even our pitching, our staff, our coaching staff was the best in the state. Coach Lada, Coach Garcia, my dad, uh, Roy Ball, a few others that were there at the time, Romo. I really learned so much from them, and I really feel like the knowledge that they gave us made us a team that we were number one in the state for that time. So shout out to Coach Garcia for that, man. I really appreciate you, Coach, and I really think that you got me to the point to where I got to at NMSU. You helped me get there along with everyone else at that point, and you got me to really understand what it was like to throw from that angle and move forward with it. I didn't really know anything about it. And he went, guys, he went and did his research. He went and did his homework. He would work after his hours of coaching were done to try and find drills that would benefit me into becoming the best pitcher I could be. So having the support that I had from him and from other coaches was just phenomenal. And I'm very grateful to sit here and think that I had that. I had that opportunity to be great for some people that really put time and invested time into me, knowing that I could do something great with it. So moving along there, um, I just, I knew my work ethic was okay. Like I wasn't staying after every day to work on things. I would just do it kind of just to do it because my friends were there. Uh, there'd be times where my dad would have to force me to go out on Sundays because Sundays where we'd always go work out. Um, so there, yes, there were times that I wanted to go out there with him, but then there are also times that I just didn't want to be out there. I just, I don't know. I felt like I had it all made for me. Like I felt like I was doing everything in my power. Right. So why did I feel like I needed to fix anything? It was just like some bad juju that I didn't want to go and start, which at the end of the day in baseball, I was always a good fielder. Like defense was my prime. Um, hitting was, it was decent. I was a leadoff hitter two hole, um, at most eight or nine, but I think my senior year, I really came out of my shell and it was kind of too late at that point because I still couldn't pull the ball to save my life. So just, People that are listening to this that aren't really baseball goers, trust me, it, it all comes full circle, and you don't really need to understand too much into where it's going next. So my senior year, I had a few offers, not too many. NIMI was a was probably the best offer I had at the time, and it was a military institute, which I took a visit to, and it was not a good visit. My dad got on me because I wasn't taking it serious, and I just didn't like the fact that I was being told by other high schoolers that have been going to the institute I was possibly going to be told to do stuff where I come in older than them and they have a higher rank. So it was just, it was a weird situation. I didn't like the vibes and I didn't want my college, my college experience to be that way. So whatever. Um, at the end of my season, our senior year, I ended up getting a call and I remember this for the rest. I'll remember this for the rest of my life. I was in the kitchen and my dad was talking to me and, um, we were talking about options. I was stressing out because I didn't have anything set in stone of where I wanted to go. And it was already, we're done with state playoffs. We're done with state. And I was like, man, I don't know what to do. Like I, I want to go somewhere and I don't want to just end up saying Nimi. Like I want to go somewhere. I want to be happy at. And coach green calls me from NMSU. He goes, Hey man, um, you had a good season. You did this, this, and this, and we've been having our eye on you and we want to come talk to you. And I was like, what? Like, is this really happening? I it, it was a dream come true, guys. I was dreaming about that moment for the for a long time. I had met Coach Green pr two prior years, and he's just he was everything I wanted in a coach. He was everything that I thought a coach should be in college. And my dad and him had similar personalities, and it was just really cool and heartwarming to know that someone like that was interested in me. Not only that, but it being a D1 school. So he came in, sat on my couch, and just basically told me, here, this is what it is, man. Um, we don't have money for you, but we want you to come be a preferred walk-on, which means that you don't try out. You're not getting cut. 
at the time, but you will redshirt if you don't make the team. Then you come back and give yourself another shot and make the 35-man roster. And if you don't, then we'll go down the other options with that. So I understood, and I really respected his transparency. Um, just him being in my house alone, I, I felt like it was the right decision. Anyone gets thrown a D1 offer at that time, I don't care who you are. I don't believe that you will sit there and say no unless there is a better option for you out there. And for me, there wasn't. You know, I had Nimi, I had Luna, I had Southwest, which was an NAIA school. So NMSU was the best chance I had, and I wasn't going to risk not taking an opportunity like that. Do I regret that decision? No, I don't. That is something that I will always cherish. I will always know that I gave myself the chance to go play with the best of the best. And at one point, I did hold my own. And at one point, I did succeed. And it just didn't work out. So moving on, first of all, the... First of all, the season at NMSU, it was it was rough, man. It was it was tough, and this is something that this is probably the main part of the story that really ties into why BHD is here for what it's for, for what it is now. Um, I embarrassed myself. I acted like I was someone that I wasn't. I came from a place that was egotistic, and anytime the best way I could describe it, every time I touched the mound, beside the first time I touched it, I got three outs and four hitters which is the best outing I had that freshman fall. I felt like the ball was so big in my hand. I couldn't breathe. I didn't have any confidence. I couldn't find the strike zone. I was walking people. I was throwing pitches everywhere around the zone. I was making stupid mistakes. And it hit me, man. Like, I really felt the pressure. I really felt like I wasn't living up to what my dad had set out. And there was a time to where I just felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like I was trying to tell myself, yes, I should be here. Yes, I should be here. And another part of myself was saying, nah, I'm not, I don't, I don't deserve to be here. You're only here because of your dad. So it was a lot. I, I went through a little depression and I didn't really tell anyone about it. I went through so much um, hate and I just didn't want to play anymore. It was just something that I really forced myself to do. I was like, you know what? This is going to pay off. This is going to pay off. This is going to pay off. And it didn't. I ended up getting redshirted, which is cut. Um, but I'm still able to come back the next fall. And I told myself, never again. Never again do I want to go through something like this. Never again do I want to feel like this. So what do I do? I told my dad, I was like, we're going to work. Went back to my old high school. And every day after class, after 11 o'clock class, I would go out and drive 20 minutes to his field and work out by myself mostly until I got a roommate, then we'd go out with him, but I would still go out more than he would because he was there and he just, he didn't have the, the, the love for it anymore. Come back, um, end the year, and I start, I head out to Indiana for some summer ball, lo- learn a couple things about the sidearm slot, about what it really means to feel, you know, just additional information from what Coach Garcia taught me and from what, you know, my pitching coach at the time taught me at State. So I come back from my sophomore fall and I'm feeling good, man. Like I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling like, all right, this is the year that, you know, everyone has their, their, their setback. Now it's time for me to, to do what I was meant to do. And, uh, I had a, maybe one or two outings and they were decent. They weren't as bad as my freshman year. And my second or third outing, my P my pitching coach comes in and he's like, Hey man, we're just, you're, you're done throwing sidearm. You're going to throw across your body. And I was like, wait, what? Like, why? Like what, what? what's going on? He's all, no, it's just not working. We're just going to, you know, throw like this. I said, you know what? I could look at it this two ways and I don't have time to look at it the other way because I, I'm on the verge of getting cut this year. And if I get cut, I got to go to a Juco. 
So I said, you know what, man, this isn't about me. This is about me wanting to play this game. And I got to, I got to show myself I can play this game or else I'm not going to be here anymore. And I deserve to play with the best of the best. So in a matter of a week, I changed my arm slot to a three quarter fast track that at the end of my fall season, I was top five in pitching. I had top five in most innings. I had top five in strikeouts to walk ratio and I was flying high, man. That fall soft, that fall, my sophomore fall was like, I was, I was on a high. Like I just felt like I was doing everything right. I was going out for extra days. I was working out on optional days. I was doing things that I would never do in high school that I would never do my freshman year. And here comes, you know, cuts, here comes finals week. And I was in a degree to where I had to go and stay three to four hours just to finish a final, which I didn't get out till eight o'clock at night. So I was stressing about that, um, my sophomore fall. And I remember like, I'm going to make the team, man. And then I have days where like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna make the team. So I remember getting pulled in by my, by head coach, Brian Green at the time. And he go, Hey man, come sit down. And I was probably one of the last ones to, to have my one-on-one cause it was a Thursday or Friday. And it was dark, man. Like I felt, it felt off. Everything felt off that day. And I remember walking into his back office and he's like, how do you think you did? Where do you see yourself on this roster? And I was like, coach, I'm the 35th man. Like, I, I really feel like I, I changed. I really feel like my stats show for it. I've, I feel good. I feel confident. I feel like I know what I'm doing now. And I'll never forget what he said, which doesn't even need to be mentioned. But I remember him looking at me in the face and he was just like, I'm sorry, man, this it's, it's not going to work out. And it was tough. Um, it hurt for sure. It hurt. Uh, I felt embarrassed. I felt like a letdown. I felt, um, pretty sad and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And my only option was to go to a JUCO. So start reaching out to colleges. Nimi was offering me a full ride. I said no to it. went to Luna and it just didn't feel right after that, man. I came off a really good fall um, pitching season, off season, and it just didn't work out. And I really felt like, man, all right, I can't get down on myself. I got to keep pushing through. I'm going to go to Luna, and I'm going to show myself and others that I can do this, that I'm going to still do this. My first game at Luna, um, first official season game, I give up a walk-off bomb uh, to Eastern Arizona to start my, my red shirt sophomore year. And after that, it was just, it was never the same. I didn't have the velo that I had. I didn't have the confidence that I had, and I didn't have the conviction. And baseball ended up just dying out. I drained myself. I let baseball ruin everything that was about me. I took a game that I loved for 18 years, and it became something that I hated so much I didn't even want to watch it. Even when I was playing at Luna, I didn't even want to sit there and watch a baseball game. I didn't want to pick up a ball in my hand. I came back to NMSU after Luna telling myself I would never come back here again without playing on the baseball team at state. And it didn't happen. Came back home to NMSU after getting my associate's degree. And I was, it was the lowest of my low. I remember hearing people tell me, you know, all we knew you'd come back here and hearing rumors that, oh yeah, he's back, but he's not on the team. Like we always figured it was because of his dad or we always knew he wouldn't make it because it was just a publicity. It was a political thing because of his dad. And they just wanted him to bring in ticket sales when the reality is I didn't even make the team to bring in ticket sales. So that's my story. And again, I, I still go through it at times. I was calling myself a baseball player for such a long time that some people don't even understand when you label yourself for something that's other than the thing that you're passionate about, you 
it kills you. It really does. Mentally, it kills you. And for a long time, I didn't know how to find outlooks for it. I was going to school trying to get my year and a half done so I could graduate. Wasn't going out partying. I wasn't talking to friends. I didn't have any friends at that time. And I wasn't reaching out to be close with anyone because I wanted to go to school and get my shit done. And I learned a lot from it, man. And that's something that that's a feeling. That's a sour taste that I remember walking, seeing people look at me, seeing people laugh at me, walking in and walking out. And I remember telling myself, I will never feel like this again. I will never put myself through this embarrassment ever again. And all this shit that I've gone through, all this shit that I've done is going to work out and it's going to pay off. And I think all in all, being able to finally share that and talk about it, 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 it makes me feel a little bit better, but there is still some sour taste and it's, it's against nobody. It really isn't at, at one point I did hold a grudge against certain coaches, but now being able to like look back on it and I've, I gave up that grudge three years ago, but being able to just talk about it, it, it really shows how far BHD has come less humble determined. And that's what I live. I was humbled by getting cut at state twice. I was humbled by going to Luna and thinking that, oh, I'm this D1 prospect that, you know, I'm going to still make it. I'm going to still grab my ass off. And I didn't grind my ass. Oh, I did grab my ass off and I didn't make it. So I was humbled and I stayed blessed because even through it all, I had a family that loved me. Even through it all, I had people, a small circle that genuinely cared about me. And I was, I was determined because I came home with an associate's degree. I came home with a bachelor's degree. And now I'm living in a place that I always told myself I always wanted to live. So BHD, yes, it was in a way kind of, you know, in shambles for a while, three to four years. But now it's here and now it's here to stay. And I will always have something to look back on and put me in a reality check because I do never I don't ever want to feel like that again. And from here on out, it's wake up and be great or wake up and be a letdown and feel embarrassed. Let everything that everything that has anyone that has told me anything to be something that could go against me. And I'm not about that. BHD is what it is because I've gone through some stuff that has pushed me to the lowest point of my life. And that's not even the full story, but I'm glad and I'm blessed to be in the spot that I am. And it's literally all glory to my coaches, God, and my family. Thank you guys for listening.